Hello, hello, Paul with you. And this is indeed the third episode of the Now Dhammapada podcast. It took a while to get to this third episode as, um, well, life. <laughs> and uh, also waiting for Apple to sort of approve the the podcast listing and and that has happened so um it has worked so far through this sub uh stack system that we're using and so um i pick up on reading from the manuscript uh, and it'll basically be the second final section though the manuscript doesn't Um, sort of break it out this way, of the preface. So this is all from the one preface of the manuscript to now Dhammapada, picking up, at times you may find it comforting to pluck a single verse or fragment out of the 423 verses that make up most translations of the Dhammapada. It's natural to want to simplify the depth of what the Buddha was getting at and cherish it. But there is an entirety that the Buddha is teaching. Taking a verse or two as representative of the entirety of the Buddha's teaching would be a big mistake. Yet, it is an unfortunate side effect of the aphoristic form that the Dhammapada presents. Humans have this deep need to label and simplify lived experience. Subjectively, it is perhaps more helpful than communally to rely on these simplifications. This four-pronged iconic framework of the Dhamma, therefore, can perhaps clarify and help us keep in perspective the larger whole that a phrase is a part. Now, I should say that my reference to the four-pronged iconic framework, um, this is something that uh, you're not going to see on the podcast, and I'm not including it in the notes. Um, Basically, the published version will have a graphic element to it that kind of points out these sort of four parts of the framework that I'm alluding to. Um, It's hard to get this across uh, on a podcast, but um, basically, you know, there'll be some sort of illustration that points out that, say, section 234 is really only referring to parts one and two of the four-part framework as opposed to all parts. (laughs) That probably didn't help, but uh, nonetheless, that's what the, the reference is. Let me continue. Lapsing into thinking the Buddha said or the Buddha didn't say is a conventional way of speaking. However, to truly believe this way of speaking is delusion. All too common delusion. Truly believing the accuracy of knowing what a person said thousands of years ago requires something well beyond knowledge. It requires belief. And belief is very handy 
It's short of, a sort of a shorthand to recollecting experience. However, it is absolutely inaccurate if blind belief, a belief not tested or experientially verified, becomes a sort of proxy for practiced experience. At the heart of what the Buddha taught is experiential, not simply intellectual. The Buddha didn't say any of this, and the Buddha said all of this. It is for you to test out. Now Dhammapada is an interpretation of translations into contemporary, at times colloquial, North American usages of the English language. It is intended to relay the spirit of the Dhamma, the way, translated for today. Simile and metaphor are a large part of the character and appeal of the Dhammapada. However, many of the reference points, images, and realities of long ago can be easily missed or totally not be relevant in today's world. For example, when is the last time you rode in a chariot? When points of reference are very faint in relation to today's lived experience, I have taken the liberty of transposing the subjects of the simile or metaphor to a more easily relatable and thus understood subject and footnoted accordingly. For example, instead of a chariot, I have used a vehicle in parts of now Dhammapada. I should add, as an aside here on the podcast, I haven't really quite decided how um, I'm going to deal with footnotes. I do have quite a few footnotes in the manuscript, but it makes for awkward um, podcasting to kind of reference the footnotes. So the footnotes might be something that you just find in the notes. Haven't quite decided on that yet. I'll probably try things out, see how it goes. <laughs> the idea of this podcast, of course, is to be relatively easy for me to post um, because, as I've said, I have this manuscript and I'm just trying to bring it into another form and get it out there. Um, and also, you know, reading aloud helps helps the writing. So when I eventually do get this published, um, it should be improved by uh, this course that the, that the podcast is taking, as it were. So let me continue with the preface. Of great importance and easily misunderstood are the many verses pointed at monastic concerns, which are often not relevant to lay life. In these verses, I have pared down or at times drawn out the lay concerns that are at the heart of the teaching. In some particular liberal interpretations, I have footnoted the instance. But readings of other Dhammapadas will be necessary for you to get the widest interpretation of the multifaceted fabric of the Dhammapada. Though I hope this take on the Dhammapada is of help to you, please understand that you really should check out 
some other more traditional versions of the Dhammapada as you live your life of practice. You will notice that there are quite a few paragraphs that are very similar to immediate antecedents, and they actually read as almost inadvertent typographic doubles. Of course, reading them uh, won't be something that you necessarily do unless you look at the notes. But likely, having come into the translations over the course of a couple of thousands of years worth of telling. That did not flow well at all. What went on there? You will notice that there are quite a few paragraphs that are very similar to immediate antecedents, and they actually read as almost inadvertent typographic doubles. Likely having come into the translations over the course of a couple of thousands of years worth of telling. Yep, that is awkward. I'll have to change that. This too should be another level of reminder to the fact that the Dhammapada is a collection of translated words, a product of a primarily monastic lineage with undoubtedly multiple authors who have translated How to Live Wisely and Kindly as taught well over 2,000 years ago by one particular person. Each Dhammapada is just one anthology of key ingredients constituting a life of release from discontent as reported to have been taught by the Buddha, a once real person who walked and talked across the north of present-day India. Lastly, please note that if you do not have a practice experience with the Eightfold Path, Paired with some reading of the canon, there are likely to be many verses of the Dhammapada that will seem rather random or maybe even platitudinous. <laughs> now, no worries. In this podcast, at times I'll try and um, sort of frame that uh, in the podcast for you. So, Hopefully, as we go on, that won't seem so platitudinous. <laughs> no worries. Get to know the Dhammapada, and then again, in the future, after having practiced the Eightfold Path, read it at anew. Read it anew. The Dhammapada, at its best, is a reminder of what you have practiced wisely and what you continue to practice more wisely over time. Now, Dhammapada. So that's it for the preface. <laughs> um, and with the next episode of the podcast, we should actually encounter the first, which is a very dense one, the first um, set of verses. So hopefully I'll get that out um, definitely within a month, maybe sooner. I've been, you know, thinking I might be able to do this podcast once I get rolling on a weekly basis. Um, but so far that has not happened. Um, but we shall see. Take care.